Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Your Money, Your Life podcast, episode 185 of the podcast. We have been going at it for a while now. Before we get into the podcast, make sure you like, subscribe, five-star rate, and review wherever you are listening to the podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure you hit the notification link and subscribe as well, because we do this every single week. And we are going to get right into it this week. Um, And first, of course, you know that we always start with our update of the week, meaning our market update of the week. So let's jump right into the numbers um, on the market. So I've been calling for some sort of pullback for a bit and it's, I was early on the call and now it's here. Last month, last week of the market has been a little bit of a pullback, a little bit of a correction as opposed to what we've been seeing year to date. We had that a little bit in early March and then we kind of had a bull run since then. Um, And now we're having a little bit of a correction here again. Uh, last week down two percent. Last month about two, a little bit over two percent down. Um, not a big deal, in my estimation. I think we still have a little bit more of that to go, uh, especially throughout August and summer when it's historically quiet times with people are on vacation, different things. And then we'll get into quarter three um, and quarter, or get into quarter four, and obviously are in quarter three, um, and we'll get into a little bit of that. Um, but I still think we finished the year green for the market. Um, and I think that's just because we're due for a little bit of a, a green run, just based on what we've seen um, in 2022. Um, 2022 being the, the tough period of the market. Now we're having a little bit of resurgence here. But the big news of this week when it came to stocks um, was just more of the Fed's speak. So the Fed um, released minutes say that they still see inflation um, as something that is going to be sticking, um, and they still have a ways to go on inflation, meaning they'll have to keep raising rates a little bit more um, and a little bit more, and people and potentially keep them higher for longer to combat inflation and to slow things down just a little bit. We have initial jobless claims numbers as well. New claims total 239,000 for the week ended August 12th down 11,000 from the previous period and just under the Dow Jones estimate of 240,000. Um, continuing claims, which run a week behind, rose to 1.716 million. So and we're seeing numbers from a, a little bit of retailers too. Walmart post strong numbers. And I think a lot of that is due to the fact that people are changing their consumerist habits. Um, and Walmart's a good place when things are tight for people to go and purchase things. So um, they had strong numbers uh, as well. And some other companies released earnings. So that's the the front of things on the market. Again, still volatile in the near term, which I think is a lot of patience going to be involved in the current market right now. Patience loading up on, on different things that are, you know, diversified and risk averse as we probably see um, a little bit more of a growth pullback for now. And then, you know, as that wades out, there'll be opportunities for people to pick at um, during those times. So that's the the big, big thing for the market right now. If we look at news um, and what's going on, updates as far as news, mortgage rates are the highest, are, are to rise to 7.16%. So a 30-year mortgage rose to 7.16% on the average Um Last week is matching the highest level since 2001, and this is according to, according to MBA or Mortgage Bankers Association. And guess what? Mortgage applications slid from the prior week, and applications to refinance a home dropped 
to 1.9%, dropped 1.9% for the fourth straight decline. This is because of higher, higher borrowing costs, of course. Um, so we're seeing these mortgage rates that are going to affect the the demand for new loans, for mortgages, for home loans. Um, and again, the real estate cycle is a little bit different than other cycles. It's a longer cycle, right? If you think about a house um, and people when they, it's an emotional purchase and it's also an emotion, it's not a really an investment. It's even though it's a lot of people's biggest net worth item, it's more of a purchase for where you live, a purchase for your family to grow up. And it's not um, an investment as some people, you know, we'll talk about the real estate gurus later and how they look at, <laughs> look at things. But um, so when someone is in a tough time and they have a home, they will sell off everything before they sell out their home, right? They'll sell off stocks, 401k, any of that stuff um, before they give up a home. And so that's why the cycle is so much longer when it comes to the price um, inflation in, in real estate and different things of that nature. So we'll be watching that closely and what's going on in that market. And we'll talk a little bit more about, you know, real estate. Because I think, as an aside, I think people... And then you see it online on social media, people that like love the real estate game, which again, I, I'm not a, a bit, I think there's some opportunities that make sense. And however people get funds, they get funds, but, um, it's a heavy leverage game, which people don't fully understand. Like just borrowing other people's money or because you're paying 2 million in notes, um, and, and just levering up on a bunch of, you know, bank loans to buy real estate doesn't make you a guru or make you know what you're you're talking about because it's a very dangerous game one um it's it's when things go the other way people think that price just always go up in real estate or anything it's not the truth when things go the other way you're in a world of hurt and also people don't tell you these real estate gurus they're not a lot of them aren't really cash flowing as much as they, they say or they have you believe right for the most part if you're even if you're bringing in you know 15k a month from real estate or whatever it is um, they don't tell you that they're paying the loans, that they're fixing the maintenance, they're doing all these other stuff. If they're getting a management company, they're giving them a good percentage. There, a lot of them are barely cash flowing. You can only cash flow well enough to sustain yourself if you're on a big, big, big scale, and sustain yourself is relative to your cost of living and all that stuff. But it, it takes a big, big scale to really, really do it right. And a lot of the people aren't really doing it on that huge of a scale. If we're going to be honest, um, you can cash flow a lot easier with something that's low fixed cost and that you can really, really drive and help and service people and, and cash flow a lot, a lot, way a lot more. So interesting perspective because I see people see it a lot and they may be tricked or fooled on like the numbers and what's actually really going on. But if you actually crunch the numbers, um, which I've have and I, I'm easily able to crunch numbers and people are saying these things on you know social media or in person, um, not, not the truth, not the truth at all. Um, so back to more news, borrowers are flush, but still behind. So what does that mean? Consumers have more cash than they did pre pandemic, right? But they're falling behind on loan repayments faster. I think people are realizing, Hey, income isn't just coming in like before government isn't giving out these tax deductions, different things. Um, I do have cash that I've been holding on to, but now we have different things coming up for people, student loan payments, consumer payments, uh, consumer debt payments, inflation still um, whipping whipping behinds with you know shelter and food continuing to climb up. Um, and so while bank balances are at the highest, about 30% higher than pre-pandemic, according to some estimates, um, Americans are becoming late with some credit card and other payments, um, and it has surpassed the level seen in 2019. 
This is by the Federal Reserve Bank of New York. Um, yet financial distress levels are still low. The conundrum has analysts asking if delinquencies are likely to translate into foreclosures and bankruptcies anytime soon. Um, so people are pretty much wondering, hey, people have cash or somewhat decent amount of cash, but people are paying debts off less and, and are slower and repayments are being late and delayed. Credit card balances are the highest levels um, that we've seen ever. So what is the, what, what's going to happen? It's either things, tip, things are going to tip one way or the other. Things are, either things get better, cash is used to pay down these debts and income continues to increase, real wage increases, or inflation continues to catch up to people and everybody falls back behind or, or whatnot. So those are the pretty much the one or two ways things can go going forward. So we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. Um, and we talked about this a little bit, but the Fed's meeting minutes came out um, and they maintain a hawkish stance. Hawkish meaning um, when they're they're hawkish, it pretty much means they're looking to continue to fight inflation, have a more controlling policy um, in what is, is going on when it comes to inflation. So um, they share concerns, the Federal Reserve, uh, they shared concerns that inflation was still persistent and it could require further interest rate increases. And this is from the Fed meeting minutes that came out yesterday. Um, the Fed ultimately decided to raise the target for its key rates by 25 basis points um, between to between 5.25 and 5.5, the highest level in 22 years. Um, and the meetings show that some participants expressed concern about inadvertent over-tightening of policies. So, um, some concern about inadvertent over-tightening uh, policy, meaning some of the, a small number of the Fed Reserve um, members were concerned that maybe we're going too far with the rate increases, with taking out liquidity out of the, of the economy. Are we going too far or you know, are we doing it at the right pace? But most think they still need to fight inflation um, because it's, it's still a persistent thing. But we'll see. Um, it's it's really it's really going to be interesting to see what happens as far as a soft landing or not soft landing or not meaning can the federal reserve use their policies to slow inflation down but not so much that it drives us into recession we talked about that concept so much um and it's the big big thing that we're all all waiting for and wondering um if that could happen so we keep talking about this Ozempic drug, and I'm just curious. I'm really, you know, interested and fascinated by what's going on with um, these weight loss drugs that are actually supposed to be, of course, fighting diabetes and different things. But a lot of people are using it for weight loss, especially you know whether it's celebrities or really really wealthy people because it's expensive, expensive drug. But these new drugs that are treating obesity, well, there's three of them that are pretty prevalent on the market: Ozempic, Wegovy, and Mongero. Um, they're more could be coming to the market. There's like a naturally made one as well. Um, but it's it's really interesting to see the effects. I'm reading more about the effects of these drugs um, and how they they have incredible, harmful, in a lot of cases, harmful side effects. Um, but a lot of people are taking it and seeing crazy ability to lose weight. There's a lot of celebrities, wealthy people taking these drugs. Um, but the side effects, for you medical experts out there, I'd love to hear more about what you're seeing in the side effects. I've read some of the stuff, pretty scary stuff, um, uh, but a lot of people are taking it. And what did that do for the medical market? This is a cash printing cow for medical companies. Like this is a cash printing cow. If you tell people, we always talk about the diet pill, 
that people would rather take that than work out and work. All right. But if you actually tell people there is a magic pill that works, imagine how many people are going to continue to take this no matter what the side effects are, because people would always love to take the quick route. Um, but trust me, folks, there's no quick pill or unfortunately no quick course that you can pay for to understand business in the sense of like how to do run a successful business, right? That comes from experience. You can get stuff to teach you and advisors. I hundred percent believe in that. Um, and outsource things with, of stuff you don't know. Um, but telling someone to like, just create something for you. Um, there's no one that can do that. Right. Um, so this is interesting. Something to keep watching. I don't know if you folks are out there have heard of this, what you're seeing about it. What are the side effects that you're seeing? If you've taken it, maybe you've taken it. I'd love to hear your thoughts um, on that. And we talked about Walmart earlier. Walmart, record sales, um, strong sales. Um, again, people are changing consumer habits um, at this point. And of course, Walmart be more of a discount retailer, um, especially when they're expanding the grocery offerings. Um, so as he says, grocery sales are particularly strong. People are going to go and, and look for ways to lower the price they're paying for items because food, shelter, being prices still inflated um, across all consumer markets, primarily almost. So Walmart had a strong, strong showing as we saw. So that's pretty interesting news to keep to keep on, on, the, on your mind. Something also interesting, New York City bans TikTok on government devices. We've talked about the bans. I think it was Montana or Wyoming, one of those states that banned it all together, I think. Um, and now New York City, a lot of government, state governments, I think the federal government already did it as well, have banned TikTok on their devices. And I see New York City saying we will no longer use it. Their concern generally stems from TikTok's ownership by China-based tech company ByteDance. Um Congress also voted to ban TikTok on federal devices last year. Yep, as we said, federal devices and several states have taken similar steps. And now New York City is doing that, um, pointing to security, security concerns that have made the app a target of bipartisanship, bipartisan scrutiny across the country. So they just did this. Um, it's just pretty interesting um, now that you're seeing a lot of people come with the ban. Does that slow TikTok's growth? I don't know. They're pretty much, you know, almost maxed out to their total addressable market with getting two, three billion people on the app in less than four, four years. So um, we'll keep watching on if it's still more bans that come across because there could be, um, there could be, um, we'll, we'll keep watching. Now, let's see. We folks have one last thing today, which is, of course, we didn't do a case study. We've done a couple case studies the last few weeks. Let me know what you think. Who would you like to hear? What you want more of? But this week, we're going with the question of the week. A couple questions a week that I found were interesting. So let's fire them off rapid fire. Do consumers spend more money on Venmo or on Venmo or spend more money on Amazon? So do consumers send more money on Venmo? Or spend more money on Amazon. That's the easy one to me. It's got to be more money on Amazon. I think it's so easy. I used to be like not an Amazon, big Amazon user. Like I was like, I want to see, feel, touch what I'm buying. But no, I've been on it recently. I'm like, this is much, so much easier. It just comes to my doorstep. I don't have to go all the time. I don't have to do much. Um, it's got to be Amazon. I think the it's the average someone spends on Amazon is like $193 per month. Um, oh, wow. I'm wrong. So send more on Venmo. So, okay, they take the actual, well, that's really interesting. They take the actual, so the, the answer is send more money on Venmo. And it's a 304,000 cent every minute on Venmo versus 283 
thousand spent every minute on Amazon, which that's surprising to me. Um, but it makes sense. If you're, you know, eh, it doesn't make sense. I don't even know if that makes sense to me, but it, it is the truth according to where they got it. Um, so it's they're actually showing in more detail. I'm trying to get a better look at where people are spending their money here. One minute every day. Um, let's zoom in, see if we can get some more numbers. Oh, zoom isn't working there. Click to view larger image. Let's see it. So here's a um data on one minute every minute of the day what happens um as far as like big tech and different companies so um and when was this done i actually want to see but they're showing this is a 2021 um uh graphic actually let you guys see it it's quite interesting a 2021 graphic um that shows every minute of the day what's happened 44 million Facebook views, uh, user share, 240,000 photos, Instagram user share, 65,000 photos. Every minute of the day, there's 575 tweets, 575,000 tweets. Users watch 167 million videos. Google On Google, there's 5.7 million searches conducted. So every minute, there's so much going on this transaction. There's a lot of things. So that's a cool graphic to see um, what's going on. I was surprised on the Venmo versus Amazon one. Um, that is quite interesting to me, um, that payment uh, structure there. So interesting one. We just got full. I lost that one. But let's go to the next one. How many payment transactions does a consumer make in a typical month? How many payment transactions does a consumer make? Until, oh, that's going to be a lot. I'm going to go with um, how many payment transactions? Uh, I'm going to go with over 50. I'm going to 50 or over, um, and we'll see what I'm at. Okay, yeah, 68 transactions on average. Um, in 2018, it seemed to be the highest. It took a average, like last five years. Uh, they started at 2020, uh, but the, the, so 68.4 in 2020. 2018, it was a 72.1. I wonder what was going on then. Um, but yes, it's 50 or higher, and I was close. I'm going to give myself that one. Close enough, folks. Close enough. Well, we've done not just close enough. We did a really good job with this week. Um, make sure you tap in, tell your family, friends, share with your network. Um, Four-year anniversary New Street is coming up, and we've been able to get to over 450 households and tens of millions of dollars that we are stewarding for retirement for a lot of client households. So make sure you tap in with us every week. We'll talk to you soon.